Hi, welcome to Clueless Confessions. I'm Jay Balderston, founder and owner of The Grey Consulting. In my more than 15 years in public relations, comms and brand in the global market, I've met some extraordinary people. Driven, creative and brilliant. I've heard many amazing stories of success and of course failure in life and in business and I've learned so much from those around me. So I'm going to share their wisdom, warmth, wit, hysterical and heartbreaking stories. We're all a little clueless, but we can get smarter every day. So hop in, enjoy the ride. And if I come to a stop sign, I'll totally pause. Online's a dirty word. (laughs) Be a really amazing, powerful female that is so kind. I wish people could feel how it feels to be around you. Like the Kardashians and Hailey Bieber and Gigi Hadid. I was literally an open book Mm. and too many people read the pages. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. This diamond is everything, and baby, she'll do anything for you. Lucy Ferguson is the ultimate boss babe, who creates love, magic, and sparkling beauty in her jewelry label, Baby Anything. But it didn't come easy. WeChat building her brand over the last 15 years to her now Paddington retail store, design studio in Surrey Hills, and chat just how much soul goes into creating the perfect piece of jewelry. I hope you enjoy this episode with my very own precious gem, Lucy Ferguson. La 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 la. Okay, ready? Ready. So welcome back to Clueless Confessions. I am so excited to have my most beautiful and wonderful baby of everything, baby anything, my wonderful Lucy Ferguson. Welcome to Clueless Confessions. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. What an honour. So I do preface, and well, well, I will preface this with, we're on round two. Um, we had a little tech glitch the first time we had a chat, but I'm almost even more excited this time because we've been up to so much in the last kind of, you know, few months since we chatted last anyway. So I guess we should kick off with, um, guess our friendship. We've known each other for over 20 years now. So wow. yeah, what do you remember? What's your first memory of me basically? I would say because we met in high school, so we both travelled to this incredible performing arts school and we were both from like little seaside town. We were both like literally fish out of water, Mm. two like little surfy girls that danced and performed and then suddenly we're catching the train to Newtown every single day. But I remember you had like dark chocolate brown hair and then you had two blonde streaks right at the front. And I was like, fabulous, I'm here for this girl. She loves a hairdo. I feel like my hair almost looks like that again. I've got these big chunks at yes, the front. It's, it's come back again. It's having a 90s moment. Well, we've been told, what, no skinny jeans and side parts anymore, so I guess we need to learn. Yeah, bring something back <laughs> some stuff. So, yes, that would be my first memory of you. I remember you around that time too when we kicked off um, travelling to school together and um, my biggest memory – like aesthetically was your sparkly blue billabong backpack oh, yes. that you took on the train with us every day. Yes, that really was a showstopper. Absolutely, like, I still remember. It, it was literally covered in glitter and apparently you could see me like all the way down the end of the station, even like, yeah, in the, in the sun I would have been blinding. <laughs> so It was probably quite was a, a safe, it was like a safety blanket almost because we always knew where you were. Totally, but like quite the fashion statement and yes, it's probably paved the way for me, let's be honest. Funnily enough as well, we we technically met when we were kicking off high school, but our parents, our mums knew each other 
um, for quite a few years before we actually got to even meet each other. Mum must have had a chat to your mum and was like, Jade's starting Newtown and I know, uh, you know, Elle goes there and Lucy's about to go too. Can Jade come and meet them? Because she's a little bit nervous about catching the train. Yes. And we were already like traveling so much just to go to art galleries and like go to dance concerts and whatever in the city. So it was really nice because my mum was like, she'll be okay. Like this is a huge step for all of the girls. But my older sister was already traveling the year before me. And so, yeah, I think she was like, Jade and Lucy, you've got this in the bag because Elle's already been doing it for 12 months. And she's still here. And we kind of did. We sort of. I feel like I had this like weird ownership of what we were doing. I think we sort of owned the space and noise on the train and probably irritated all the amazing passengers going along with us. But I think a few of them who remembered us all the way yeah, through. Totally. Well, yeah, I finished up. Um, so I went all the way to 12. I Jade ended up, you went back to the coast yep. um, after... Did I get you for a year? No, I was in – it was year, year nine. Year nine, nine I went back, yeah. yeah. So – but all the way to 12, I was travelling in the same carriage as some of these commuters who had, like, business jobs in the city. Do you remember the time that your train left in the morning from Gosford Station? 6.59. <laughs> 6.59 in the 3.42 home. If I didn't have drama company, if I had drama company, I was catching the 6.12 mm, yeah. or the 7.12 home. So, like, sometimes getting home at, like – nine o'clock and then getting back up and making sure you're at the station by yeah. 6.59. And it was like a 40-minute trip even to the station in the morning. Well, it was almost, so, you know, in, if you think about it, it was almost a five-hour round trip for us to go to school every day. And then plus all the extracurricular that oh. was very much a part of what the school was providing for us as well. 100%. And you said, so, you know, drama, dance, music, all those yeah. things, the performances we were doing. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then, like, you just got used to it. So because it was so exciting, it was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but – yeah, you kind of ran, you didn't walk. Like it was like once you were in, it was such a privilege to be there and we fought so hard to actually get into the school. And that school was just like a life changer for me. The stakes went from like zero to a thousand, like our first day of school. So you were just like, okay, cool. Like I just have to up myself to meet where everybody is. And I, I'm naturally I, – I don't know whether I am a natural overachiever now. I think I actually maybe – that's how I learned how to do it because yeah. I was just like I have to do this, go to this school, be incredible and also travel five hours a day to have the privilege to go to this school. Mm. And so that's given me like an unshakable like work ethic. Like I can do anything because I've done so much. Like even, like, you know, as like a – 10 to 16 year old doing it for high school mm. now you do it for work and at least you get paid yeah well we're both business owners right so yeah I don't so, know how much we get yeah. paid but <laughs> exactly well why don't we move into like you know business so I know what you do and you're my baby anything so what tell everyone what what is baby anything and what what are you what's your job title Okay, so yes, I do have a business called Baby Anything and it stands for Baby I'll Do Anything For You. So it's a romantic sentiment and I'm a jeweler, a fine jeweler, so diamonds, precious stones, gold, platinum, heirlooms for life. That's what I make and create and design. Um, I am the everything so I am like the director of the business I started as a sole trader and then I've worked my way up now I have a staff of about eight 
um, and then some freelancers. So I, yeah, I guess you could say I'm like director of the business, but um, but you I'd, wear multiple hats, many many hats. Yeah, and I actually like people are quite surprised. I still it's only me designing. Mm. So I do all the designing. I do need people to help me make it now because it actually wouldn't be possible. But it's all of my designs, all the marketing concepts are all mine, all the creative is mine. I do all the photo shoots. So it's still a lot on the mm. plate, but um yeah, it's amazing. I um had such an unbelievable experience not that long ago with you where <laughs> I for the first time truly got to be a part of your world and, and your business and your brand and I sort of you're making me you're designing and creating me the most beautiful ring at the moment um with my mum and dad's um old engagement and wedding rings and just I think I've even messaged you after to say yeah, I've always did. respected you I think you're fucking amazing but having the moment with you in that space I've got goosebumps now thinking about it mm. I just watched you do your thing and it took my breath away and I just sat there in silence just watching you in your space and I know that I was lucky enough to pick an incredibly precious gem that you probably yes. wouldn't have sold to many other yes. people. That's <laughs> right. I actually did just tell Jade this story where I was like, look, that sell-on sapphire that I showed you for your bespoke ring was something that I've been holding on to for years. Well, okay, so – as someone who's sort of like only learning about this, going through the experience with you, and I've been, you know, from my career, I dabbled with some jewellery and stuff, but how how do you find, where do gems and diamonds and stones come from? Do you get online and look for, the, like, how does it work? No, online's a dirty word. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess I just don't do things like anybody else does. So in our industry, there are, like jewelers mm. and then as jewelers we go to like precious gem wholesalers and there's plenty in Sydney in our capital cities and then you go to a diamond wholesaler and then you go you know so you can it's all at your fingertips say I'm in Sydney like we have a flagship store in Paddington and then an office in Surrey Hills so everything is at my fingertips if I wanted in Sydney but what happened to me was I don't ever take like the easy road and so I always see like what's available, but something in my brain ticks over and goes like, no, no, like more, like what's actually better mm. than this. And I don't settle for like, you know, B, I want A plus. So instead of just going with what we had available in this country, I wanted different stones that I had to go to the big trade fair, the International Jewellery Trade Fair myself and go and source those stones myself. So I was like a complete rookie the first time I went, just total, you know, fish out of water. And a lot of the times when I still go, I actually have to say like, oh, excuse me for a moment, I've just got to go and ask my boss if he thinks this is an okay price because it's still really – a male-dominated industry. Wow, and that's quite uh, – Yeah. I, I can't believe 2021 yeah. and – Oh, my gosh. But jewellery. Wow, yeah, like, yep. So, we're, like, my industry is completely male-dominated. Um, there are a few jewellery brands now which have females, say, in the design side of them or – and sometimes makers as well, which is amazing. And I feel like we've come so far, especially in the last, like, five years with females being at the heads of the jewellery businesses that they're running. But – I was still like I got on that plane that first time I went over there with not knowing 
what was going on. Where did you go? Where was the first country you went to do your first buy? Well, it was... You know what? I'm actually not going to say because I feel like the thing is with me, I'm getting smarter and smarter. Yeah. And I feel like I have worked so hard to get where I am and no one told me where and no one told me how Mm -hmm. and no one gave me any kind of guidance along the way. And it's made me who I am and it's made me work the way that I work and given me the resilience and the resourcefulness to like do it. So it's like if you want it, go research it, find out and go, you know. So it's such a weird thing for me and that's shown how much personal growth I've had because I was literally an open book Mm. and too many people read the pages. And so I'm like, you know what, now like you write your own story. I love that analogy because I've got to say I've had that whole, that can I pick your brain? Oh. I think my brain's worth a few thousand dollars a month these days. Like, yeah. I, I really respect that. It's just about having boundaries. Mm. And I feel like that's something that I've like thought about a lot over the last few years, but actually had to really stop like I actually just did. And I felt really uncomfortable doing that. But at the same time, I feel like that's that's kind of what it's about yeah. now. Like actually protecting those things that have cost me so much. Yep. That's, you know, that's my right to sort of go like you do you you Mm -hmm. go find out and like power to you when you do but instead of you know just asking me the question now that a lot of people do even via dms like how did you get to where you got to and how did you do all these things and i'm like i'm super interested to tell people my story and answer their questions but i almost feel like now people owe you the courtesy to say like would you mind if i asked you a question about your like career trajectory Or would you mind if I ask you a question about your schooling? Like just – it's just a courtesy thing that's been sort of lost somewhere. Have you shot yourself in the foot where you have said – you've shared information and then you've watched it roll out in front of your eyes? Yeah, I feel like I – my personality is just very like giving. So in the first few years of my business, I was just like – like literally open to the world and even how my Instagram ran. So I was like one of the first, I wasn't like one of the first businesses on Instagram, but there was about 2000 users on Instagram when I started because I'm a very visual, like artistic person. So as soon as that platform came out, I was like, oh my God, amazing. Like I'm all over this. So I was showing literally my whole workshop and the whole way that I would construct a ring, I was like taking pictures of them like from start to finish. Yeah. Then I started to notice, and and a lot of my pieces were like simple, but imbued with meaning and really from my perspective. Mm. But then some people were just watching it and then suddenly other, even Australian brands were coming out with the same ring. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, how is this happening so quickly? And then it was like, oh, duh, Lucy, like you're putting the the technique on Instagram. Mm. They're following you. They're using those pictures. They're either taking them offshore and saying like, make this ring and you're being left as this little baby business because you're effectively giving your secrets away. Yeah. So I just got smarter, you know, and it's a shame because I'd love to still share that side of my business with the world, but I just can't. At this point, I think, yeah, I've had a few hits and I just don't think I'm ready to get up and fight again you're heavily based on bespoke and creation and working with the person yeah and I think that that's a special and private journey for them to go on with you yeah totally but I get 
doesn't need to be shown and aired to everybody else? Well, it's interesting because not a lot of people even know I do bespoke stuff. And I keep, and you just said this to me before, that you keep a lot of things like really quiet. Mm. And like, it's that quote that's like, you know, you, like there's something to be said about like achieving success quietly. Sometimes it's too quiet. So, you know, we were just saying I did a big collaboration with Sports Girl, um, which was a brand that like we both grew up with. And it's like a seminal like fashion brand for all like Australian teens and 20 somethings. And it was actually a really huge thing, but I was so used to keeping things so close to my chest that I literally didn't tell anyone until it was released on Sports Girl social media and all of my friends were like, hey, what? Like you did this huge thing. I think we lost Girl. it and we were like, and also with, you know, a few of your close friends, we're kind of oversharers in certain ways and we're very much like, come and watch yeah. me, support me, sign up to this, listen yeah. to my podcast. Yeah. And you just, just do your thing. Drop the so mic and was like, Phew sports girl or like bespoke we know that you are and you were just saying you know you're incredibly and well well, a bit of smoke out here so creative and not just Mm. visually too your words touch incredibly deep and you are definitely a long form writer when it comes to social content which I love I'm like a bit of a lame-o I'm like Pink for days. Yes, you're and a pun. Yeah. A, a photo but, and a pun, which I love. Which also means I probably don't have that much to say <laughs> half the time. But your your storytelling is really beautiful and I think that's so expressed and represented in who Baby Anything is. And you know what? I'll tell you something. And here's just my two cents. Even if you stood up today and told the world how you do what you do, you bet there's going to be a shit ton of people that are going to write down those steps. Mm. Good luck recreating and yeah. reproducing who you are, who baby anything is and what you do. Like, well, touching on the writing thing, like those words, I find that effortless. Like it flows out of me. So I think if I wasn't a jeweler, absolutely I would have been a writer. Like my mum was a creative writer. Like I have 150,000 rings swirling around in my head. But they're not only the designs for the rings, they're the meanings because they're coming from like a story from Greek mythology or a character in a movie that I'm obsessed with or something. So they always have a narrative. And no one can steal your story because that's right. It is you. So that's the thing. Like people can take the ring design and that breaks me. That's a ring for me that, like I said, has a narrative, has been swirling around my brain for however long. I've actually made it into a physical piece which hasn't existed before. Here it is now. Then my customers have bought it. Like it's been on a whole journey. And I really believe like jewellery – holds energy, holds memory, holds meaning. So when I'm making those pieces, my like aura is imbued into those pieces. So you can't steal that. So that's the feeling that you get. And people talk about my retail boutique, which like I'm really proud of. Like it's in our premier fashion like district in Mm. Sydney. We obviously were incredibly hit hard, um, you know, in 2020 and last year. And the fact that your bricks and mortar still are still standing. standing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, holy shit. So there was a retail chain, a jewellery chain, which closed like 200 of their stores. And I'm like this tiny, not that tiny, I've got to give myself some credit. So this small business. Um, and, you know, I had to lose staff. 
I had to work 16 hours a day every day and lock myself in the store with one other beautiful team member who would come in like every three days and we like I made her tell me that she wasn't seeing another human except for her boyfriend so that we knew that we were both like COVID safe. (laughs) Like there was a lot going on. But that was like the only other human I would see. And I would lock myself in there and get back on the bench or like do sales, do marketing, do all kinds of posts, like just to for us to survive. Like I just got us to survive that year. And, you know, yeah, definitely it's taken its toll. Like, and I feel like you've just had to keep, like we said before, running. Mm. Like I was like, there was no like sitting down after COVID and being like, well, I'm sorry, we haven't even finished COVID. But like after lockdown and that crazy year, there was no like, oh, okay, it's 2021 now. So like take a breath, Lucy. You know, like think about where you want to take the business, like have a rest. It's like, no, like you have to keep going to keep everybody employed, to keep your customers happy, to keep this dream alive, like keep going actually harder than ever. If you were not ready for this to happen, which many people weren't prepared for anything like this, yeah. you either fell over or you literally had to pull your socks up yeah. and keep fucking moving. Yeah, that's right. And in a way, smaller business, people like you, myself, who at the end of the day, the buck stops with me and it is me and it is you at the end and It was locking ourselves in our offices, setting ourselves up as best we could to keep pounding those, that faux virtual pavement to keep our businesses running at the time. But I also think that, you know, you wear all the hats, you started, you know, you started at the bottom, you worked your way up through your own business, you know all the bits. Do all the jobs. Yeah, You have to. You know, some of my favourite things is packing and wrapping Mm. because it's me looking at my brands again. I don't do that every day when I'm managing staff and running the finance parts of it and looking for new business or whatever it is. From having your own business, what would be, from the business part of it, Mm -hmm. the most challenging element? I feel like it's a spread of tasks and that's not even the right words, but that's how fried I am in terms of that part of my brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's actually that there aren't enough hands to do all the jobs because I haven't taken investment so I don't have as much capital as other brands that have therefore I'm still in this in-between period and also when you've been a like sole trader and you've started a company from zero then you've done all the jobs like we said and you've worked out how to do them so then when it comes to other staff that come in and they you know don't know how to do something but then don't have the initiative to find out how I'm always there to help and actually I'm probably like a micromanager now because I'm like oh my god let me help you like um because I had no help so I've like overstepped the mark with my staff <laughs> like a million times where Do you I'm feel like, like it's almost shot you in the foot sometimes where you've almost and that because you're almost yeah. spreading yourself too thin by yeah. doing too many tasks a hundred percent so that's where I feel like and you're just invested in everything. Like I am just so passionate about every single part of my business. So then I'm really like, okay, like exactly like you said, like the order has to go out a certain way to the customer with the tissue paper folded a certain way and they have to get the postcard a certain way and your handwriting has to be beautiful and you really have to send a beautiful message to the customer because when I first started, I was writing like long notes to people like that I hoped that they had like a beautiful memory wearing this fine heart ring, which I was selling our first pieces at like $60 a ring and I was actually losing money, but I was also investing all of this personal time Mm. 
you're with building that, your customer. brand. Yeah, mm. and then, you know, they're still my customers. So it was well worth it. But I think like the hardest part definitely is that there's actually – I need a lot more people to wear the hats it's also not knowing exactly where to put those resources and not having enough time to, you know, that tried and tested thing, which it's like you need to work, step away so that you can work on the business and not in the business. Mm-hmm. That's a great quote, but it's really hard to put into practice when you're the one working in the business. Yes. And what's so hard is they both are really essential because if you're yeah. not doing one, the other can't you succeed. You can't move forward, mm. absolutely. And, like, I gave myself a massive, like – win when COVID was so hard but I made a decision that I needed to move myself out of our retail store so how our space works because I was such a little business I had my workshop in the back I had my office in the back like everything was happening out of one store and that meant I didn't have a spare second to think during the day because I was in front of customers visible to staff at all times like everything was happening there wasn't one minute I wasn't actually able to focus at all so during COVID I actually looked for an office space and I found just just the perfect space like it's such an incredible studio design studio where I was able to negotiate the rent because it was COVID so things just worked in my favor but I'm really proud that I actually gave myself permission to take that space Mm. because mentally I at least needed a space that was away from people Mm. that I I could actually sit and get work done. What was your first job just by the way? Oh my gosh I worked at the pizza shop in Terrigal so I was actually. You had Hungry Wolves? Yeah and I wasn't 13 like I'll be honest I was 12 and a half. Oh my god I totally lied about my age and I was working young too. So young but then as soon as I was 13 I worked at the pizza shop and the ice cream shop so I had two jobs and went to school in Sydney and then yeah obviously I as quickly as I could moved into the fashion world yep and worked at like some super cool like clothes stores and shoe stores and stuff so but yeah and then I went on and worked at dinosaur designs which is like our biggest creative export in Australia and they make everything in Sydney so that was a good kind of blueprint was this also sort of your you were like yeah jewelry is what I'm really interested in I always knew I was going straight to uni Mm -hmm. like that I'd have no gap year originally I did um one year at main campus at Sydney doing like arts media I did a little bit of like a couple of law subjects like I was just like I'm not sure what I really want to do um like but I loved like cultural studies and stuff and then I was like no I want to go to like fine arts so I went there with my portfolio set up for photography and sculpture because that's what I'd done in my HSC art which I loved and then sitting in that interview was the head of the jewelry department and she sort of looked at my portfolio as a whole and was like you're actually really fashion based like even with your photography like you've created like editorials for like a magazine you haven't just like photographed a tree do you still have this portfolio by the way yeah I do we need to pull it out and and catch up I'd love to see it actually I was like I did some things you know like I've looked back on my my stuff that I've made and Mm. I'm like wow like you're pretty extraordinary um can we just pause for a second because that's what a fucking moment I have to say it's one of the things I'm trying to jam into my brain is to fucking stop and look back and and don't look back at the past but yes congratulate yourself and go holy shit look what I've achieved look where I've where I started and where I've moved and 
I love that you said that because I and think that we, especially as women, yeah, just, we don't, we don't do, do, that. do that. And you know what? I actually don't do that. But I went out to dinner last night with one of my closest friends mm-hmm. and he actually took my hand and said, stop and you need to know how extraordinary your journey is he was like I know you go at 100 miles an hour and you never save at anything you do so he's like I want you to know how proud I am of you and how proud you should be of what you've done he's like do you know what you've done and I'm like okay what and he's (laughs) like no like your brain's already on to the next thing he's like I can read you like a book and he was like just stop and it was like over pizza and we were just like having a normal dinner and then all of a sudden he was like I just need you to take this life lesson and I actually did you know it has sunk in he's planted a little seed there Mm. where I have actually had to stop and go wow I've had a store for five years I've had a business for like 12 years and I've got an extraordinary business Mm. and I've got an extraordinary store and I've got all these wonderful staff and I've got all these beautiful products that I've put out into the world, but I don't ever stop and take that. I'm always like onto the next, like that's, that's like not good enough. So onto, not even that it's not good enough. It's just like, okay, we did that. You set that challenge. You got that challenge onto the next. So It's kind of like, okay, me saying that to you is quite groundbreaking (laughs) that I actually stopped for a second and was like, that's a cool thing that I did. It's huge. Thanks for all the listeners, but this is a real moment in this room right now because I'm really fucking proud that you just said that and you shared it. And already my little internal voice is like, like, you're going to sound really up yourself now because you've just said that you're proud of yourself. So yeah, you just had a higher self moment where you just looked at yourself and went, fuck yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Like if you can surround yourself with people who are also like just in a good energy space, then they're really happy for what you're doing. And it's so easy to cheerlead back when it's coming at you as well. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just like I'm slowly, like we said, like getting better at being like, yeah, like I've also got all these amazing things happening and I don't have to hide them you know, like I can actually tell you guys when something like amazing is happening rather than just being like, I'm opening this crazy store or like, you know, so-and-so wore my jewellery or whatever. Like I can actually talk about it. Speaking of that, I wanted to say, um, who are some of your most inspirational or most important that you've touched with your jewellery and your brand before? I guess, like it's so hard for me because I'm just like a yin yang symbol like one minute I'm like oh my god I'm so proud because like the Kardashians and Hailey Bieber and Gigi Hadid and like who else Miley Cyrus like all of these incredible people have worn my jewelry and loved my jewelry like repeat where like catch you in the tabloids like I'm kind of dying over here in Australia because I'm seeing all these pictures and I'm like wow like get it not a paid campaign the PR. really loves my my jewelry mm. like this is really like groundbreaking yep. and you know like things happened with obviously like my sister's in the media as well so she sort of went to an event in LA and then you know I'm definitely not a bragger so you'll find out if you want to but like somebody wore some of my jewelry and the PR from that got so big that it 
blew up my website. Like I was like, oh my God, my website's completely crashed. We want to know who the, who's your Who's your big celeb well, person that just blew like, this shit you up? You know what, though? This is what I kind of want to say. Like, what makes me me is that I'm not, like, bragging about it. What makes me me is that I'm as happy and as chuffed when I see, like, somebody on the street who has said to me, like, I own – like, there's a particular pendant called the Aurora Luna. It's got the yep. sun on one side, the moon on the other side. And then, like, I've got the Aurora Luna and your meaning behind this um, medallion, which is that, you know – like there can be dark times and light times in, in our lives. For me to see one of my customers wearing that piece and actually say to me, like, I bought this piece because X, Y, Z, and them feel like I am worthy of them telling me that story and worthy of them wearing my piece around their neck for the rest of their lives, that is as big of an achievement as the Kardashians wearing my jewellery. Yep. <clears throat> so, you know, I feel yeah. like, you know... That is really special to me. So I wanted to have a chat about, and you've mentioned mum a few times, because one of the things I really wanted to ask was, I love to hear about the lessons that you've learned and valuable things, like the really like wonderful things that you've taken through life and having the privilege of knowing your mum and, you know, all the great, you know, the beautiful copy and text that you write about her and these beautiful short stories that you share. What were some of the, you know, what are some of the most valuable things that she taught you and, and showed you growing up? Um, I guess she was just a non-stop muse for like every part of life. Is she still your muse to this day? Yeah, with, 100%. Like yeah. when I always made – well, it, I don't know. It's kind of strange to be completely honest if I look at it. Well, the first piece of jewellery I ever made, like seriously – was a heart ring that was modelled off a ring that I saw on her finger in – she was Miss Australia and there was a photo of her wearing this heart ring and I could just see it and I was like, oh, I need to make that. And I have a tattoo of a heart on my finger. So it was also like, oh, if I make this ring, I can like cover this tattoo and mum won't hate it as much. Um, but so it was kind of like her and I together and we're both Pisces. We were always like, she was the big fish. I was a little fish. Like we both like obsessed with the ocean. She made you feel incredible and she left a light in every room that she was in. And that's like really hard to do because the more I think about it and the more I kind of delve into like how people make me feel and how I am left with some people's like energy, it makes me feel drain me or it makes me feel higher and just like you know you're at your stage in your life now where you're kind of figuring out I want to be close to these kinds of people and I've learned the lessons that I shouldn't be around those kinds of people and this is quite a powerful like transformation that I'm like going through so that I can try and look at situations and people and decide not to be around those people and decide to spend more time with the other people. So she was one of those people that people talk about. And I also am realising to take the compliment when people say, like, that's how I feel around you and not go like, oh, no, but you don't understand. Like, my mum was like X, Y, Z. So I hope that when I have kids one day, they'll be like, oh, my God, like, that's what you're like. That would be the greatest compliment of my life. We grew up with her wearing the most amazing stuff. And, you know, she went to Europe with the um, Miss Australia Quest. 
and came back with all these amazing like Italian shoes and jewelry and clothes. And so my sister and I had access to this bounty of just the most incredible clothing growing up. And that's why we kind of have always been like with that not enough attitude. It's because we didn't just have you know, like oh, David Jones or whatever, like we had this person that had gone around the world and collected these items of beauty that we were allowed to wear around the house and like dress up in, uses our dress up box, like these giant gowns that she'd worn for Miss Australia Quest. So you felt like a princess because you were wearing these incredible clothes, but you also got the part of your personality and you learnt from her what it is to give something to somebody else and when that makes them feel special. So her giving us all of her gowns to dress up in, sure, it was super fun, but it also like distilled in Ellie and I, like be a giver, like make other people feel incredible because that feeling itself is such a hit and that's something that I like carry with me now that I have to, yeah, like I want I want to make everybody feel so special. You are such this... this connection of each other and you know you're only in your 30s and I'll tell you what already you are a million percent putting out into the world what she was putting out into the world and I take that as a responsibility to carry on her story Mm. as well I was about to say you still to this day she still inspires and encourages by like via you Yeah, yeah I still definitely weave her in, I want her to be present in this world, even though she was taken too early. You know, I'm really not comfortable. Like, yes, it's hard for me to speak about that part of it because I still think that there's no justice in what happens to people. Um, but I, she was so extraordinary that I refuse to not let her story live on I have started to talk about that journey but it's such a different journey to my professional journey and those things that like if I'm trying to like celebrate now like the things that I've done it's something that I'm so proud that I did but it's not something that like I yeah do you feel like you almost compartmentalize your those your parts of your life then so you You've got your professional and your business. You have you who you are. God, no. To your friends I am like, oh, my God, no. I'm like one big giant like swirly rainbow where everything like all the colours get into the other colours and sometimes those colours go brown and you really never want a brown and sometimes like the pink and the blue meet and they become like the most beautiful purple ever. Mm. So like I'm hoping for more purple. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but um, well, yeah, you're giving a little purple into my life. Oh well, girl. <laughs> like you know what? Actually, somebody I'm like really into like auras and whatever, um, but I know nothing about them. And a girl on my Instagram, a follower, was like, "You have the strongest purple aura I have ever seen." Girl, you're purple right now. Like, no, legitimately, like, yes, I'm wearing purple. <laughs> yes, but like I wasn't wearing purple. And she's like, "I just want you to know your aura is purple." And I was like. Oh, Have you looked into I what that you. means? Um, oh, yes. It, they all mean different things. But I was just like, 
purple is my power color. Like in the last two years, I've been like, purple's my power color. Like I just have this weird thing with purple. Yeah, and I never liked purple before. Like not that I didn't like it, Mm. but like I loved blue. Blue's my favorite color is all about blue. And I'm like, you know what? But then you've also got pink as your baby. Anything's very pink. Pink is my signature color, 100%. Like pink's my business. It's my like brand's DNA, it's like been there from the beginning. Even when pink was a dirty word and Mm -hmm. people were like, oh, pink's so girly. That's like the dichotomy of me and my business together. Like that's who I am. Like so girly, like Fleetwood Mac flowing dresses, like blonde, long hair, like super girly. Then skateboarding, tattoos, Mm. like full on crazy things that I've done in my life that other side of me so the same thing is baby anything that's why my work-life balance like I'm it's all one Mm. because the baby anything girl is me so the beautiful pink packaging of baby anything but then there's all this like hidden messaging which is actually like be a really strong person like do no harm but take no shit Mm. you know like be a really amazing powerful female that is so kind Mm. you know like it's always like a yin yang like because that's me and it's taken me a really long time through all the stuff that I've been through in my life to come back to that and actually go that's who I am like I that that's me like and so I need to celebrate that myself and I also need to celebrate it as the business's DNA so that's actually like part of the messaging I've been doing for our last campaign it's actually probably the best representation of the brand and myself because I'm literally like I've given everybody like these mantras like as part of the social media campaign and it's literally like drink water breathe like get in the sunshine like collect things of meaning like be a good person but do cool shit while you do it Mm. you know and people will want to follow you yeah they'll want to ask where your clothes are from but they'll also want to be like you. And if you're a good person, that means there's more good people in the world. So that's what's so – it's been really energizing for me, like to be able to do that and get that so succinct. Like I finally feel like I am actually in tune with like my business messaging and like who I am as a person. I'm like, this is me. I am baby anything. Like take it or leave it. And luckily people want to take it. Oh, we're like drinking it up like you couldn't believe. And it's so funny because I was going to ask you, what do you hope to put out into the world? This will sound so lame, but I don't care after our conversation. I'm just going to own it. Go for it. But like two, no, three out of like, there was like seven girls there and they were like, what's the word that like you think of when you think of Lucy? Mm -hmm. And they all had to write things on pieces of paper. And this was a few years ago. But three of them wrote badass. And I was like, you know what? Like, Oh, my God. In my head, I had kick ass. No yeah. shit. I was literally thinking, oh, you kick ass. And like, I'm that's like, enough. that's like, mm. like lame to want to think of yourself like that. But I'm like, you know what? Like, I've literally got fuck tattooed behind my ear. So One of like, my, like, literally my most favorite tattoo I have seen in the world. And so I like, know that not many tattoo artists will do that to No you. one. No one will. Like the man, I got it in Scotland and he made me come back. Because he was like, you have no idea how many Scottish men have like said that they're going to get this tattoo over these and no one has come back. And he's like, a little girl from Australia, this is not going to be you. Like, you're not going to get it done. And I was like, watch me. 
like I was like yeah I will like this is what I want I know what I'm doing come back anyway so I did so then he took a photo of my ear and put it on like the wall in the shop with a photo of my face and then a photo, it's not on my ear it's on my neck yeah so like you know sometimes when I'm like standing in line for somewhere and I have my like hair back and you can see it I sometimes feel the energy shift of the person behind me because they think you're one thing and then they see something else. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I kind of love that feeling because I don't want you to put me in a box. Yeah. So don't put me in a box, you know, because you never know what what a person's capable of, both good and bad. But I feel like it's just that great thing, which is like, don't judge a book by its cover. And that's the same thing which bleeds into, like, you never know what somebody else is going through. So we're all shiny, shiny, shiny. And we're all like smiling through the heartbreak that we're going through, you never know what someone's going through. So don't ever be mean to somebody or judgmental. Try and come from a place of kindness and understanding, but also don't be a doormat. Okay, tattoos. Mm-hmm. So I have many. Yeah. How many do you actually have in total? Oh, I don't know, a lot. When I was talking about the jewelry, like having so much meaning and that's why it was so special, like all of my tattoos have – so much meaning mm. like that word I need it it sounds so bizarre and no one will really understand it but I needed to have that word on my body because I was feeling so many things that were like bigger than myself and I'm not a person to be like outwardly aggressive or emotional or like angry like I I just hold it all in so I was like you know what I need to do this I need to put it on my body I'm so super duper, unbelievably stupid close to my brother. And I know that you are so super duper, <laughs> stupidly, unbelievably close to your sister. Yes. Um, you know, what's it like to have a sister who is an Famous. Australian Micon? Like she's, yeah. and you know, and fucking business woman, you know, Elle Effect and this brand, this brand of herself that she's created. Yeah. What's it like to have a sister like that? Well, I don't know any other way. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like... Um, yeah, she's like my best friend. So we've just navigated life together and all the wins that we have where our proudest, you know, person for the other person and when we need help, that's the person. So, and she's the person that I share DNA with. So she's, you know, her and I are both what's left of mum. Yeah. Should we like, let like, We'll shift back into normal talk. Yes. From an inspiration perspective, are you taking inspo from just experience in general and just being in different places and stuff? Yes. Like I miss travel so much. And I only just got my like travel mojo back as well, whereby like I was in a position where I could travel and like I was excited to travel. Like the States is – amazing like I could just like sit there's a particular like flea market that I go to in um LA and I just want to watch all the people and I just sit there and I actually then hold on to those people in my mind and they become muses for like certain pieces of jewelry so it's like a photographic memory like I'm like that girl in the paisley like 70s blouse with the flares and the thing and the hair like this and the scruffy kind of look but the real like French look like she's getting this ring and then like there was a particular girl in Paris that I went to like a million years ago and she was sitting in a cafe and I just like while I was watching her I was like oh my god you need these really big thick 
silver chunky rings. Like I wish you had these on at this point. I still haven't made those rings, like, but they're in my brain on that girl ready for a range one day. So that part I really miss. Like I love people watching because I love clothes, accessories, shoes, hair. Like I love fabulously dressed females and I love fabulously dressed males. Like I just, I see a person like a character. That's why I get a lot of inspiration from movies as well, like certain characters in movies. It just like, it lights a fire in me. Mm. And then I'm like, like I've designed so many pieces for Penny Lane from Almost Famous. I was about to say, what's your favourite top three movies? And I know. Oh my God. I know what comes in in one of them. Yeah, Almost Famous, 70s. I am born in the wrong decade. I am a child of Aquarius. Like take me back to the 70s. I will be so happy there. So Penny Lane, Mm -hmm. like massive muse. The clothes the character, Kate Hudson in that role, like phenomenal. Then there's obviously like Baz Luhrmann's Juliet, uh, Juliet, Romeo and Juliet, but mm-hmm. Claire Danes as Juliet specifically. Yep. Then there's also Romeo in that movie. So I am as much in love with Juliet's clothing as I am with Romeo's. Like those open Hawaiian oh, those shirts. shirts. Ugh. Like his belts, his shoes, the ring with the crosses on it. Like then you've got like Brooke Shields in Blue Lagoon. So many photo shoots based on Brooke Shields and her character. So for me, I pick up like characters and I hold on to them as muses. And that's what happens to me when I travel. I get the ability to see something bigger than Sydney, like the streets of Paris. Let me watch like, you know, I sat on the steps in Italy, the Spanish steps, and I saw this beautiful woman walk past and she had a massive over-the-top diamond cross on. And I was like, oh, my God, give me the pen and paper. And I sketched our tiny little saint diamond cross because I was like, I need to make a me version of that woman. Beautiful. And, like, that's kind of – it just flows through me. Like, I'm like – it's almost like I. it's not me. It's like a higher thing that comes in and goes, this is what – this needs to be and so I just have to sketch it and then I'm like okay like that's done and sometimes I don't even make them but there's like books and books and books and sketches and sketches and sketches like the ideas are never my problem it's not having the time to make what I want to make that's my problem like I need a small army where I can be like everybody make this (laughs) so I'm super curious to know what's next for baby anything have you, what's coming up? When, so Lover is your campaign that's out at the moment. Yes, it's actually Love Her. Okay, I was going to ask you that if it was it's Love Her or Love Her. Because you know how I like, I love a play on words mm-hmm. and like baby anything is all one word. Yep. So, but people don't get it and, well, they do. They catch on. They do get it. But I also sometimes have to explain it is like baby, I'll do anything for you. But it's so smart too because essentially I made up, a word. Well, I didn't make up an ex-boyfriend of mine made it up for me, which actually makes it even more special to me, to mm. be fair. But um, like he made up a word. So whenever you type in baby anything, even if you type it as two words, we're always the first thing to come up in every search engine. So it has actually served me really well. Like suck on that SEO. Yes, <laughs> it's really like – it's strange. <laughs> It's quite funny. But um, the latest collection, yes, which we've just dropped is called Love Her. And it is the first, like the muse is, I've got to say it's actually who I wish I was. It's the full, purest embodiment of who I wish I was 
it's that person. Like I hand tie-dyed like knickers for her like to wear for the shoot. So they're all like hand tie-dyed undies and these beautiful Zodiac covered muslin, which is just like draped across her body or like turned into a turban on her head. Like the pictures, I am so proud of that that last photo shoot I feel like it perfectly embodied like the muse for me it's beautiful and then like as I said like the messaging is really clear but it's actually just about like take care of yourself you know and I feel like that's a message that I need right now myself so it's almost like I'm using my business to send that message to myself every time I read it because I send it out to all of our readers And they read it and I get all these beautiful DMs that is like, God, Lucy, that's just what I needed today. I've come to in my life right now is that like you can still be you. Like I can still be me and I really want to take care of the collective because as much as that like – and I don't want to be a martyr, but as much as that takes – it gives you a wonderful feeling. Like if you look after others, you get this wonderful feeling. But it's so important – take care of yourself as well so I'm trying to force that message back onto myself by being like you're telling everybody else to drink water like take a drink of water yes dehydrated bitch you know like there's that yourself yourself look down at you and tell you what you need to do like there's that quote that's on insta that's literally like like have a sip of water you beautiful dehydrated bitch oh yeah and I read that and I literally was like that's in my soul. Like I was like, that message is straight to me. Did you legit go and have a sip of water? I'm so dehydrated. (laughs) (laughs) I need to go and have a drink of water. I was like, thank you so much, random like Instagram quote maker. Um, Okay, so my favourite question to ask and um, we'll do it at the very end is um, what's your clueless confession? So I feel like you've confessed a whole lot this episode, which is so fucking amazing to me. a lot. But it's basically, you know, sharing something you've learned in life. could be a truth, something you didn't know. You may have learned it the hard way or a wonderful way. What's ultimately the most valuable thing that you take to at, for now, you know, at this stage? What's your yeah. clueless confession? I think – so if this was like – I'll do – Personal and business. So business, it's like Google it. If you don't know how to do it, Google it. Go to the library, look it up. Like there are a myriad of ways to find out the answer. That's how you're going to get to the next stage. It might be a lot easier than when I was doing it, but that's what I had to do. So that's my greatest like piece of advice is literally like don't let it stop you. Just find out how. So, yeah, it takes longer. It's a little bit harder. But do it. Like all of those answers are available to you. Just take the opportunity, like leave everything on the floor. Like and I say that even to my beautiful sales staff. Like I'm like, you know, if you leave everything on the floor and work really hard like to sell that beautiful piece, then I'm going to be so proud of you. Whether or not the person leaves with a beautiful piece of jewellery, if I hear you impassioned about what you're selling and you leave everything on the floor, then like job well done. So you – that's with everything in how I've built this business. I left literally everything on the floor and that leads into the next part, which is I didn't leave much left for me. So I would probably say, but however, I wouldn't be who I was and I wouldn't be able to give the gifts to other people that I can give without the hindsight that I've had with the journey that I've had. 
However, I'd probably like go back in time and say to myself like you're really important and you're really worth so much like everything that you have to give is not a perspective that other people have like you're getting along thinking that everybody gets these muses out of thin air and everybody can design 50,000 pieces of jewelry and everybody can make the jewelry with their own hands and everybody can do all these things that you're doing and so you just like gave put too much on your plate whereas from the beginning if I would have been like wow that's really great like what I'm doing but I better give myself some time to get some inspiration before I put all the pressure on myself to create the next thing. And once I've created it, I better give myself even a week to be like, okay, once a collection launches, I've then got a week that I'm blocking out that I'm just like, well done. You know, like no one else is going to do that for you. So it kind of needs to be me that does that. And I'm not there 100% yet but I'm a hell of a lot closer than I was two years ago so having that hindsight it's like okay yeah like maybe give a bit more back to you give yourself permission to actually go wow you've given a lot out just take even a small bit back because then you're going to be able to take 50 steps forward the next time so okay well we're not going to share any more secrets on that because that's between (laughs) us but stay tuned so my beautiful girl, how do we find you? Well, I would love for people to come and visit our retail store because it is like Juliet from Romeo and Juliet's bedroom. That is the inspiration behind the space. So that's at uh, the intersection in Paddington uh, in Sydney. And then on socials, we're at Baby Anything and I'm at Lucy, L-U-C-I-E dot Ferguson um, is my personal one. So I share lots of my outfits on my personal one. I'm a bit more shy and baby anything. But I love myself an outfit shot because I do love myself some clothes. So that's a bit more fun on that side. But um, yeah, come and follow me. And don't be scared to like to say hello if you see me. You've made me laugh. I've cried. My I've got goosebumps. I'm feeling so inspired and so overwhelmed with like amazingness that I just, I wish everyone, I always wish there was like smell a vision. Now I wish there was like feel a sound. Like I wish people could feel how it feels to be around you. So thank you so much. And I love you so much. And thanks for listening to Clueless Confessions with my beautiful baby. Anything, Lucy Ferguson. Yay, love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to Clueless Confessions. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed and I would love to ask for you to rate, review and subscribe so you can keep up to date with everything Clueless Confessions and don't forget to follow us over at The Grey Consulting and that's grey with an E over at Instagram and Facebook. I'm Jade Balderston and I will chat to you next time.